Noon straight up here with Gresham Harden for Foyer today. <clears throat> Let's talk some football. And, of course, DeAndre Hopkins signs. Well, it means that guys like Tom Curran have got to cut some things short, unfortunately, for him. Of course, we missed Tommy last week. We've got him today here on the Harbor One Hotline. Tommy Curran brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lapresti and Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran, a 1-800-GET-HAIR. By Awaken 180 Weight Loss, become your own success story by dropping the weight holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180. And by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every income Come and call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy, good well afternoon. How are you, friend? I am tremendous. Andy and Andy, I love it. Um, so what do you make of the decision made by DeAndre Hopkins? Really seems to be monetarily based. Um, you know, I think that Tennessee, in the end, it was reported as it progressed, that Tennessee was more motivated. And, and you can really see why they would be more motivated. If you look at their numbers in the final 12 games of their year, they only were over 20 points twice. They never hit 30 in the entire year. And you can trace it all back to A.J. Brown. So more motivated, but you would think that the Patriots, given their situation and given how critical this season is, for the tab that he's going for, 12 guaranteed with 15 in incentives, he just did 2-22 and 22 with Nelson Aguilar. You just did, I think, close to $40 million for two years of John U. Smith. So if you're going to nickel and dime on a player who's not Julio Jones at the end, he's still a productive player. I'm not saying he was going to be a panacea and fix everything. But I'm a little bit slack-jawed to see the number that he got and the critical situation the Patriots could be in offensively at the wide receiver position and see that they got beat for such a pittance. So why didn't they do the deal? Is this simple Bill Belichick, you know, value, put a number on a guy, not moving from it? Is there some um, PTSD from Jonu Smith and Nelson Aguilar and even maybe throw in Antonio Brown and, and what they've done in recent years? Like what, how can you make sense of them not being more in on DeAndre Hopkins? I think you're right on. And throw Mohamed Sanu in there as well. Yep. Throw in, you know, the practice habits that, DeAndre Hopkins possesses the point in the league that he's at. You know, and he must have drawn a line in the sand. My my issue, I think, Andy's, is the inconsistency of, of Bill's decision-making personnel-wise. He's just radically inconsistent with who he'll spend on. Again, Devontae Parker, trade, not a whole hell of a lot of money. But just so enamored with him because of a 2019 game against Miami in which he played really well. And Bill gets enamored with guys. I think Chris Hogan was a guy he was enamored with. Aguilar, certainly because of a Super Bowl performance, enamored with. And then he gets these guys in-house, and they don't perform. And he pays them fairly extravagantly for what they've previously done. And then you have a guy like Hopkins who you're almost to not sign him for virtually an equal amount or just a smidge more than what Nelson Aguilar got on a smaller cap when you have a ton of cap space is just head-scratching. And maybe it is to me what I said many times during the offseason until I watched minicamp. Patriots have enough to compete at the, off, on, at the skill position. And I'm kind of backing off of that a bit having watched the minicamp sessions. How much do you think Juju Smith-Schuster makes an impact in this offense? Because in walking down the road with Fourier yesterday on this, Tom, 
it really seems like, and again, you hate to, like the two tight ends and the running back appear to be at least lining up to be the focus of this offense. Do you see it that way, or do you think there are bigger plans for Smith-Schuster than maybe we all realize? I am very fixated on Smith-Schuster relative to Jacoby Myers. I mean, that, that again, is a perfect instance of what I'm talking about with the inconsistency and the, the devil you know sometimes intimately, whether it be Jacoby Myers or any other number of players the Patriots have excused themselves from, who not many haven't gone on to great things, Trey Flowers and J.C. Jackson among them. But he was enamored with Juju Smith-Schuster, so he's brought him in. He better perform better than Jacoby Myers. That means it's got to be 80 catches or more. It's got to be 900 yards or more. And it's got to be more than five touchdowns. So they must certainly, Andy, envision a role for him in which he does those things. Tom, who is the most important on-field Patriot, most important player heading into 2023, not named Mac Jones? Oh, boy. You know, Mm. boy. Mm. I mean, I I would say Trent Brown. Yes. Or whoever plays left tackle. Because if you can't protect them, you're going to get another crap year of trying to figure out if he can play or not. Because you don't have separators on offense. You don't have easy throws walking around out there. And that's the problem with that that offense that they tweaked to last year. They said, okay, we want to press it down the field more. And they had a good game of doing that against the Ravens, even though it wasn't a great game in terms of percentage-wise completions, and there were three picks. Devontae Parker and Mac Jones were on the same page. But they don't have guys who uncover. So you have to provide him with better protection. I think if we all look back, and what we were saying last year throughout the early portion of the season, he's got no protection. He's got no time. He can't get to his second read, and nobody's open. No easy throws. So in order to get those easy throws, if your left tackle can't protect, then you're screwed. I think they'll be okay on the interior, and I think that Riley Reef or Calvin Anderson or Connor McDermott will be representative on the right side. But the condition I saw Trent Brown in at minicamp and his – disaffected play at times last year has been really concerned pay no attention in the order of the questions i'm asking you but if i asked you who would be a surprise <laughs> cut for the patriots this august who would you name trent brown yeah you played the game right <laughs> <laughs> nailed it a lot of money and there seems to be almost a pseudo wildcat strike ongoing there with him mm. in which you show up late, and then after you've shown up, you can't participate. That's he's not on he's not on a hold in, but he's not doing anything either. Mm. So really important, I think, for him to hit the ground with thundering hoof beats at the beginning of camp. Uh, you know what? Speaking of uh, holdouts, Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston with uh, Gresh and Hart in for Fourier's with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Uh, any news on Lawrence Guy? Great question. No. And I will candidly admit that my phone out of Aruba was not dialing for intel on him. <laughs> and I think that's kind of a holdout that that we probably all are kind of, oh, yeah, God's holding up. I hope he gets what he wants, but I don't think it's going to be a make-or-break situation for them. I mean, again, that's a, a player like David Andrews who Bill had 
who made an he made an offer to that the player thought lowballed him, went out to find another place, couldn't find anything suitable. The Patriots took him back and paid him less. So that developed a little bit of bitterness on the part of the player toward the Patriots. And I think that's kind of the, the root issue with Lawrence Guy right now. And it, to me, that's a fascinating dynamic to the 2022 season is how many guys are in walk years? Hunter Henry, Jasicki, Kendrick Bourne. Um, they just got Parker done. But Mac is in a situation where if he doesn't perform well, he's not going to have his fourth year, fifth year option picked up next May. So that's seven months away or whatever it is. So these are very important years for a lot of guys who have their futures as uncertain. Who's your core guys going into 2024? You can look around the league and say, these are the cores of different teams, offensive and defensive units. I don't know who the core is of the Patriots offense. Do you guys? Who's who's the core? Well, I is think, Mac even part of that? I, honestly, I it, it's so hard to determine anything off of that based on last year. But it feels like, at least with the the way the grid kind of sets up on how they've signed guys, that right now the core appears to be outside of offensive linemen, Mac, Ramondre, Juju. And I've been waiting for an extension for Hunter Henry. $15 is a massive cap number. You would think, Tommy, they'd like to keep him around, but right now those are the only guys that I can really think of. Yeah, and I, I do believe. Who was the second guy you mentioned? Ramondre. Ramondre is up after this year, I do believe. Next year. One more year. Yeah, he's got yeah, – they, One more year. Oh, they got two more two more years of tremendous value for Bill Belichick on him before. Hey, but that does lead to another question here, Tommy, and that is, you know, people have been waiting for the robot uprising. In the NFL, it feels like the running back uprising is going on, given what went down or didn't go down yesterday with the three franchise running backs and the fact that guys like Zeke Elliott and Dalvin Cook and others are out there on the street is this a case of too a little too late for that sort of position group to try to rise up in every organization in the NFL and scream, I want my money too? Yes. They can hoot, holler, bang their fist on the table all they want, but the realities of the position and the realities of the wear down and the realities of spending the money that you do on a Zeke Elliott, for instance, who quickly was surpassed by Tony Pollard, are self-evident. It's just not economically intelligent to do and it would be wonderful if in the next cba there is a way to and people smarter than me can certainly figure it out you know maybe allocate so the running backs don't have to if their first round backs have five-year deals or they get to play by different rules because their position is different than so many others but the reality is what it is you know, Damian Harris was a, a promising back, and he got quickly surpassed by Ramondre Stevenson and became a spare part, and now he's probably going to be a pseudo-spare part in Buffalo. But as good as he was and as many good games as he had and as many scintillating runs, and you said, this guy can really play, he was eminently replaceable by a fourth-round pick. And the same will happen with Ramondre Stevenson, I think, too. So that's, it's the reality of that position as unjust as it seems. So Ramondre Stevenson may be replaceable. Is Bill Belichick replaceable, and is he on the hot seat? Because I see a lot of blogs and aggregations today saying that Patriots insider Tom Curran told Rich Eisen that Bill Belichick is on the hot seat. What do you what do you think about those comments from Tommy Curran? I think he's right. 
I mean, if you look at the comment, <laughs> you look at the commentary offered by the owner for the last several years, beginning in 2019, the team was eight and zero, and since then they finished that season two and four and got whisked out of the playoffs in an embarrassing fashion. 2020 comes and it's a mail-in year. They didn't have a plan at quarterback, and the guy that they didn't want to give a two-year guaranteed deal to goes and wins the Super Bowl. 2021, you rectify it by spending $172 million in guaranteed money on players in part and having a quarterback fall into your lap that seemed to be somewhat of a savior. And then by the next year, you didn't have a plan to replace the offensive coordinator. The owner's making comments about being upset about the number of playoff wins the team has had. He's already made waves about the drafting. And you regress at that position when the player is as valuable as he possibly could be at the quarterback position on his rookie contract. So I'm saying that Bill Belichick, given that Robert Kraft has said so many times that he's results-oriented and that he allows his managers to make their own decisions and that he circles back to tell us at the owners' meetings and calls us over to, to make the point that I've never told Bill no on spending anything. I didn't know what that point, the point of his commentary was on where we were spending-wise. If we're not looking at all of that in totality and the results since the midpoint of 2019, all the decisions and all the results and the product that was on the field last year, to think that Bill is going to have just carte blanche and not have a seat that's a little bit warm, and as I said last night on early edition, he's on watch. He needs to perform. The product needs to be way better. Forget about total wins he needs to save his job. The product needs to look better as if there's a direction you're going in. And right now it looks like the Patriots are kind of wandering up and down the shelves and saying, can we use that? I don't know. Nah, we don't need that. I know. They don't have a real aim. Go ahead. Sorry, well, Bill. I know we don't know his contract, but I wonder if Bill Belichick has such a deal that Robert Kraft would pause and say, Ugh, I got to write a check for $40 million to get rid of this guy. Is there another way type thing? And I, it's one of the great secrets in sports. It's unbelievable that we don't really know the exact number. But I wonder if a part of the reason or if Robert Kraft has to stop and pause and say, I have to pay how much to get rid of this guy if it comes to that? Do you think that's a factor at all? Well, if, if it's a $25 million a year contract and you want to jettison him and swallow that amount of money, I think all those things together might make you pause. But I don't think it's going to be hard for the team to look better than it did last year. The improvement on the field might not yield you 11 or 12 wins. Just don't look disorganized. There you go. Don't look like the players have quit on your coaching the way that they did, whether it be special teams, whether it be offensively. Don't be non-competitive against decent quarterbacks, which they were. There's a point at which the Bill Belichick, who has coached for so long and amassed the record that he did, will never be taken away. But the product that has been turned in over the past few years might not be sufficient to say we have to go on with, with the direction we're going in. He's back from vacation, and of course, camp's right around the corner. Tommy Curran time. Tommy, thank you, friend. We appreciate it. I know you'll be with uh, Jones and Mego on Thursday. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Thanks so much.